0: hello welcome back to the Travel brand podcast i am you winton i hope you're all well i'm doing pretty well except for the friggin heat man it's getting pretty hot up here very hot not digging it i've never liked the heat always like it to be a little bit cooler you can always dress up as opposed to dress down you can only get so naked you know you can only get so cool man Anyway, I noticed I say man a lot. That's just me. Always have. Always have. It's a subconscious thing. It's not something I think about. It just comes out. So, I'll try to check myself on that a little bit more. Okay? Not really sure what I'm going to talk about today. I uh, took my truck back in to have the brakes worked on again. Well, actually, it was about a year ago they replaced the brakes. And they've been squeaking a little bit. But now it's getting really intense. Mechanics said it's under warranty. So I'll cross my fingers and hope they don't say oh well wait a minute here Yeah, we have found something else. We're gonna have to charge you three four hundred bucks for that You know them mechanics They rip you off my In fact my wife and my daughter took our Honda fit down to Les Schwab to have them do an estimate on a brake repair Replace some brakes in the front disc brakes, you know rotors have a look at the rotors in the uh calipers and they call me because i tell them call me before you okay any work because i want to hear what the guy's got to say for himself you know how they are so i get him on the phone i'm like so what's what are we talking about here he says oh about 500 bucks i'm like okay so what are you gonna do i'm gonna replace the calipers and i'm gonna replace the rotors and i said well i don't what if i don't want to have the rotors? turned man just leave them the way they are pretty sure they're still okay oh no 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 we have to uh replace those in order to uh, allow it to be under warranty for three years so uh yeah it's gonna be 500 bucks that's the way it is it's gotta be that way so i said whatever my wife comes home i'm like why don't we just call josh josh is our kind of personal mechanic he owns a shop He's not a back. he's not just a backyard guy, he's got a shop. Decent guy. So I ask him, what's it gonna cost? He goes, uh, oh, calipers and uh desks uh two fifty. Two fifty. And then he might not even have to turn those rotors. Probably not. And I know the calipers are good. So it might even be like one fifty. The cali uh, see rotors are probably seventy five bucks each, so maybe a hundred bucks. Might be a hundred bucks. Amazing. Go from 500 to 100 with one phone call. Pretty cool. Cars cost a lot of money, man. It's ridiculous. I know my truck's got some things going on inside there somewhere. I'm worried I'm scared. I don't want to bring it in because I don't want to have a $1200 bill for something. You know little advice. It's okay to have the mechanic call you whenever you send your wife down there to have a, a little checkup, a little diagnostic done. So it's good to have them give you a jingle just to be sure. You know, uh, they've been known to take advantage of the female of the species. I'm not saying that women are weak. No, I'm not. I'm just saying sometimes they try to take advantage of that. Okay. All right. You all see where they're having the canoe landing up there in Lemme at the Stomish Grounds for the Canoe Journey 2019. I say there's something like a hundred canoes landing, man. That's awesome from a hundred different tribes, pretty much. Yeah, you have some tribes that have a couple canoes, but for the most part, man, that's like 70 freaking tribes all over the North Canada, Alaska, Oregon, some from California, Washington State. It's incredible. If you ever get a chance to get out and see the landing and the celebration, it is something to behold all these different tribes getting together and celebrating, celebrating life. It's for the kids. It's for the youngsters. It's for family. I went on two of the journeys and it was pretty incredible, pretty awesome. So yeah, if you get a chance to get up there for that, it's up there in Bellingham, Lummi Indian tribe. Check it out. All the traditional foods are absolutely amazing. And for those of you who do not care for the traditional native foods, such as oysters, clams, salmon, potatoes, corn, you know, all the pretty healthy stuff, but every once in a while you will find someone who is cooking the forever loving Indian steak sandwich. Yes. You all know what the Indian steak is, right? Bologna. You can go down to the butcher, though, and get a big old fat slab of bologna so you can cut that steak as thick as you want. You can have Indian steak and cheese, Indian steak and eggs, fried Indian steak and potatoes. Goes with everything, man. You know, that commodity cheese, that Indian steak mixed together, Mm -mm mm-mm-mm. When you can get down there to that Stomish Grounds for the celebration, do so and enjoy all the wonderful food, dancing, and celebrations. Canoe Journey, 2019. It's going on right now as we speak, so all you four or five listeners up there in Bellingham, get on out there to that celebration. Have yourself a wonderful time. So I've been thinking about a cigarette again for the last couple of days, and I remember last time I told you guys I was going to tell you How I quit smoking the cigs. It was a difficult task, but I'm going to let you know, it can be done. I smoked for 34 years. If I can quit, anybody can quit. But it wasn't an easy task, let me tell you. I tried and tried and tried many different methods. I tried the, uh, I'll only smoke three or four a day method. Didn't work. I'll smoke a half a pack a day method. I tried cold turkey, I tried the gum I tried the patch To no avail So I'd heard a lot about this Stuff called Chantix Over the years And I thought to myself "Hmm, Let me do some investigating So I did And I went down to the Puyallup Tribal Health To see the intake Or whoever it is, a nurse or whatever To do a little interview tell me that there are consequences and repercussions take Enchantix you're gonna have to sign off on it if you want to uh, get the dose as it were and you also have to agree to take antidepressants because it might make you sad and lonely and depressed and you may have some suicidal thoughts now we don't want you to have any of those so you're gonna take these antidepressants And also, you might have some extremely vivid dreams. Yes, dreams. Lots of colors, bright colors, greens, blues and reds, and some yellows. Magnificent, fantastic. It was awesome. But it also says you might have some nausea, sleeping problems, constipation, gas, and vomiting. See, I agreed to take this because I was sick and tired of smoking cigarettes. 34 years is a long time, man. It's hooked. It's chained. It's like, when I would get down to a half a pack, I'd start thinking about the next pack I need to buy. Okay? Don't forget the, you know, it's like a cell phone now. It used to be my cigarettes. Everywhere I went, they went. Okay? So, th- that was some addiction. That was something that was in my DNA. I mean, I think I passed it on to my son. Okay? Okay? One of the beautiful things about Chantix is this. You can keep smoking like normal for 10 days after you start taking it. So in my thinking, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I got this. And what it does is it gradually gets into your system. And after about 10 days, your cigarettes kind of taste funny. They taste funky. You know, don't taste so good. Because you hardcore smokers know that if you get a good cigarette, it's mighty tasty. So on the 10th day, I quit. I'm thinking, wow, I got this, man. Because for the most part, 80% of the craving was gone. I'd never experienced that before. I was like, damn, I don't even really want a cigarette right now. But I noticed that my dreams were getting a little more bright, and kind of clear. And I wasn't feeling depressed or anything. I don't even know if I took the antidepressant, but I didn't think about killing myself. So one night I'm having this dream. It was 17 days in. And I'm dreaming I'm in a cave. I don't know why I'm in this cave, but it was like a bright color. Sort of a greenish, turquoise color, I'll say. Next thing I know, here comes this fish walking on his tail. Okay? He looked like a sucker fish. And he was big. He was probably my height, five foot six. And he comes moseying up the, the beach there because it was like a cave with a, like a lagoon, like a beach. So he comes up and he's, I'm not freaked out. I'm just sitting there looking at him like it was normal. Like this is what happens all the time. So he comes walking up to me and I'm thinking, hey, what's up? And he goes, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing pretty good, man. What, what's up? He's like, so you want a cigarette? You want to smoke? And I could have swore I saw him smoking a cigarette. And he's talking to me and he looks like one of these big sucker fishes. You've seen those. You know, they got those big vacuum lips that kind of point down so they can eat off the bottom of the river or the lake or whatever, you know, scavengers, nasty old fish that you can't eat. Well, we're having this conversation in my dream. I'm thinking, well, this is normal. He's got all these bright colors of a koi fish, but he looks like a sucker fish and he's using his dorsal fins talking to me like he's moving his hands. In my dream, it seemed real and normal. But when I woke up the next day, I said, Huh. So that's what they were talking about. It kind of freaked me out a little bit. What freaked me out is in my dream, I wasn't worried, I wasn't scared, it was normal. But then when I woke up, I was like, damn. So on the 18th day of my experience with Chantix, I quit that shit. I'm like, I ain't going to go in any more of that. Because what they're telling me about Some sort of uh, repercussions. Yeah. So, I quit. Chantix. 18 days in. And I've been pretty much smoke-free since. Oh, I've had a couple. I cheated a couple times and that stuff is nasty. It's gross. But it doesn't stop the fact that every once in a while I'll smell a cigarette. I'm like, man, it smells good. Anyway, I'm a non-smoker. And you can be a non-smoker too. But all you have to do is... Get into some Chantix for a couple weeks. Just take it for 18 days and you'll be fine. If you go over that threshold, who knows what might happen. Anything that might make you suicidal, probably not a good thing. But I was desperate to quit. I was ready, man. I was ready to quit them cigs. And even though I have a craving at least once a day, I don't give in. I'll never start smoking cigarettes again. No sir You know, the funny thing about cigarettes and alcohol, you quit and it may do damage to your body. So you might have the consequences and repercussions of that 10 years later. I mean, that's what killed my dad is the uh, Alzheimer's that they said was alcohol and drug related. So I'm thinking in my head sometimes like, man, my memory is really bad. My short term memory sucks balls. Somebody can tell me their name or I'll think of something and I'll look at something. And, oh, yeah, I got to do that. Ten seconds later, I swear to Christ, I forget what I was thinking about. I don't know what the symptoms are of that Alzheimer's and dementia, but uh, I don't want to find out if you know what I'm saying because uh, I don't want to be that guy. You're not going to put me in no damn diaper when I'm friggin' 65 years old. Mm-mm. When you think about that disease of Alzheimer's, it it, it has to be the most humiliating disease that a human could get. I'm mortified. I'm absolutely terrified of having that. I'd much rather have cancer or a tumor. That's just me. Okay, that's for me. When my dad was in the Alzheimer's house down in Lacey, he'd been pretty much on the downhill slope pretty fast. It was only five years after my dad was diagnosed that he was dead. But besides that, when he was in there, he thought he... I don't know what he thought, but he was gonzo. He was gone. He did not know who I was. Or who his wife was, in fact. He didn't know who he was. Okay. So he's in there for about a week, maybe maybe ten days, and I get this call from his wife. And she goes, You know what your dad did? I'm like, No, what? What happened? What, 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 what? She said... They found him and another woman without their clothes on together in a room. I'm like, damn, in my mind, I'm thinking you go, dad, you know, because he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's like a 14 year old, 12 year old, who knows what age he is in his brain, but that instinct that whatever was there, I found it kind of funny in a way, not her. She was pissed. She was mad. She was angry. She hated him for that. I'm like, wait, why are you so mad? He didn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's got Alzheimer's. He's about to be put in a diaper in a couple months. So what do you, what are you mad at him for? You got to just love him and go see him for yourself. Cause he doesn't know who you are. He doesn't know who I am. I quit going to see him after a while. I was like, he doesn't know. And I didn't want to see that part of my dad. Even though he was a jerk face, he was a jackass. You've heard a few stories about him. You're probably going to hear some more. He was a jerk off, but he was still my dad. I still loved him. So it wasn't that long after that, within a year, he died. December 9th, 2010. And my stepmother was so angry and so mad at him. She left him on the slab. Didn't collect him. Didn't do anything with him. So I get a call 10 days later. Hey, what do you want us to do with your dad? Like, what do you mean? What are you going to do with him? I said, what do you mean? Well, he's still here in the freezer and we don't know what to do with him. I'm like, what? She left no phone number, no address, no nothing. Just left him there. The last time I talked to her was the night that he had passed. She called me. And we were talking about it. and We were just discussing it. My wife called. She was in Hawaii. It was three hours earlier in Hawaii than it is here in Seattle. So she was calling me. So I told Jan. Jan Schaefer. She changed her name to her maiden name right after that. I I know where she's at. I know what city she's in. I know she remarried. I know she just forgot about my dad. The guy that she was married to for 25, 30 years. Just forgot about him. Left him on a slab. Anyway, she was mad at me because my wife called. I said, hey, I got to go for a minute. Peggy's calling from Hawaii. I might need, you know, it might be important. It's my wife. She got pissed. I tried to call her the next day. The cellular phone you're trying to reach is no longer in service. She had already disconnected her services by the next friggin' afternoon. I mean, why would you do that? Why? I mean, what did I do? What did I do to you to where you would want to disconnect Just like that, while he was still alive and they lived down, she lived down in Yum. She didn't have a problem calling me all the time. She didn't have a problem with me coming down there every Saturday to cut her grass, and fix her fence, and do some odd jobs for her. She liked me then. But once Dad passed, she just completely fell off the map. I know where she's at. She's a bitch. I don't like her. What makes people like that? What makes humans like that? I guess some people just believe that once you're gone, you're gone, your spirit's gone, your body's just a piece of meat. Well, yeah, that might be true. But who really knows? Who really knows? You know? I guess once you're dead, once you pass along, once you're gone. But who really knows? All I know is this you should give some sort of dignity to his body. In my mind, I'm thinking, my dad's laying there on a slab in a freezer. There's just something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that picture. So I tried to contact his brother. In fact, I did contact his brother, Gary. And I say, Gary, it's going to cost $1,200 to have him cremated. Can you help me out? Can you help? Oh, no, I don't have any money right now. No, I don't have any money. Called his ex-wife Lynn up in Seattle. She's the mother of my half-brother. Oh, no, I don't have any money. I'm on assistance. I don't have anything. At the time this happened, I believe I was laid off or I was close to it, so finances were pretty tight. But I made the commitment. I tried to make the commitment and go on a payment plan. So I did. I went on a payment plan, had him cremated, but I had to pay it off before I could get his ashes. Ran into a situation where I missed a month. And within that month, they turned me into collections. So now all of a sudden I owe collections $2,000 to pay for these ashes. And at this point I'm thinking, well, I don't even know if those are his ashes or not. Who knows if they just throw a bunch of bodies into an oven and cook them and they throw them all together and say, there's your ashes. I don't know that. I never did get his ashes. I never did pick them up. So in some ways I feel like, man, that's not much different than what Jan did. I've had plenty of opportunities Plenty of times I've had the money to pay that off. So, I'm no better than anybody else. I'm no better than anybody else. I banded his ashes. Huh. I remember one time my dad telling me that he owes me nothing. I don't owe you anything, boy. And he's right. He didn't owe me anything. Just like I didn't owe him anything time my son calls me from prison and asks me, hey dad, will you get me a care package? Will you get me some some food and some ramen and some shoes and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that for you. I did it for him. It cost me like, I don't know, 120 bucks or something. I thought I'd do that for you. A month later he calls and says, hey, uh, you ready to send off that care package? Another care package? I need some stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to do that for you every month. I did it for you one time and now you can, uh, you know, make your own way. He's like, dad, I'm your son. You owe it to me to take care of me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your horses down there, sonny boy. I don't owe you anything while you're locked up in prison. You got yourself put there. It's not up to me to send you money and packages and all that good stuff. So you can finagle your way through. Ain't never been to prison, but I do know a few things about commodities. Okay? When you have trade, you can make your way through a little bit better. But I'm not going to supply that for you, son. I love you, but I don't owe it to you. When you get out of prison, you come look me up, and I'll help you find work. I'll help put you to work somewhere. I'll help you, son. No, he never calls back. He's mad at me now. You haven't heard from him. like He's been out. And back in now he's out again, up in Bellingham in a halfway house or something. He he's been in touch with my niece. He's really been in touch with my youngest sister. They used to run around together and do heroin. So. Yeah, he doesn't talk to me anymore. He's mad at me, and that's okay. I'm not going to feel guilty or bad about that. All I can do is love my son, and when he's ready to give me a call, give me a call. We'll have a conversation, Junior. I love you. If you're listening to this, boy, I love you, man. Well, enough of that rant and rave about nothing. Next week, I'm going to talk about my first bow and arrows when I'm five years old. Yeah, for Christmas, I got a set of bow and arrows. The little toy ones, you know. You pull it back and it's got the little sticky thing on the end. You can stick it to the window. You know, the suction cup. The first thing they said is, don't you dare aim that at anybody. I said, okay. I'll tell you about that story next time. Anyway, I am you Winton. I hope you all have a great week coming up. Peace.